I uh, stuffed that up. I had a great intro going there. It was going to be a perfect swing into yep. it. But this I hit the record perfect. button yep. rather than the play the theme music. So we'll have to continue on with the banter. You're not going to continue on with the banter? You're going to force oh, me oh, to oh, I was just going to, hey, congr- uh, sorry, I just saw that the Aces won the title. Yes, they did. Uh, they just won the title. In, in tight, they were up six with a minute left, and they almost gave it away. But but isn't half it their side here. injured? They are, and t- I think Brian was making it sound a little too much like we had the All Star team here when the Liberty had the MVP and two other former MVPs. Also, um, <laughs> the Aces also have that, but the problem is that two of them are hurt. Yeah, but um, you still won, so, so you can't have that bad a team. You still won. Yeah, I think they're fine. Um, yeah, they've won two in a row now, so uh, we're happy about the Aces. That's good. I hate that. Now there's... Quit your mid-thought. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff back on a regular microphone, soothing sounds, back onto a, a, a normal microphone, not speaking to the onboard mic, uh, not ripping at my headphone cable, not uh, doing robot impressions, which I've done in the past, but um, we haven't really had those issues as much on this particular podcast. Um, <laughs> speaking about audio my issues. did just vibrate. We're just going to move my phone off of... <laughs> Uh, the desk here. Uh, that sorry, that was probably you know what that was probably an important text message from, uh, you know the uh, uh, I don't know what 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 happens that's important to people. I mean, I can't think of one important thing that happens. The marketing. To oh yeah, it could be uh, ultra right um, beer, letting me know that my order from last uh, from from February has shipped. I'll soon have my four pack of ultra right beer. Like, see, I I could be just ignoring that message just for you guys. I'm so cool, Tony. How are you? You know, one thing that's crazy about listening to TAI, which I'm not going to act like, um, and this is not meant as an offense to you, Tony, but it was it was a more produced podcast ten years ago or eight years ago when oh, it was yeah. on. But it was never. I would. I wouldn't call it a a Mark Marin type of production or like. That's one of the super high end overproduced shows where they don't say anything. Like, um, you know, an, an NPR show or something that's disconcerting. You know, recorded in perfect. a radio. Yeah. Right. And it's perfect, but nobody ever says anything funny or interesting. So you're like, well, at least it sounds good, I guess. Um. But the new edition is a real freewheeling endeavor. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really tough to parse. Here's the issue that I have. Uh, the people that are involved do not take tech direction well. I try and help right. out, and I'm working remote so I can give them guidance. My recommendation was not to go with the microphone you've got. Because it's finicky. You know it's finicky. You've got it working today, but not the best microphone in the world. I wanted them to go back to basics. Get a cheap, um, decent mic like the mic I'm talking into, the Rode Podcaster, is a great mic. 
I'm going into a decent board with compressors and everything, but just get a cheap audio interface and be done with it. It isolates your voice. It does a great job. You don't have to deal with great great deal of echoes. You don't need sound paneling and all that kind of shit. Nope, they go out and buy, buy the Blue Yeti microphone, which is an overpriced piece of junk, and then they don't have it set to the correct settings. If I say to you, what setting is it on? You can actually look around the back of your microphone and say, it's on the one that looks like a an ace of spades or it's on the one that looks like a heart whatever the cardioid pattern looks like i've got you on that and i can get your gain settings right but those guys oh it's a fucking disaster so i just give up gets recorded live i used to adjust all that stuff used to use anti-clipping stuff which only kind of really helps if they're they're really blowing out and phobes for fuck's sake he's talking into his blue yeti microphone like i'm talking into mine mine's a front address mic his is a side address mic, for fuck's sake. I'm sure our audio engineers out there will get it, but I've tried to tell him. It's a side address, not a front address. You're talking into the wrong part. No wonder you sound like you're underwater eating marbles and, like, gargling mouth posh at the same time. Oh, and it doesn't help that uh, I... Um that maybe the rapport has lost something over the years because that crew, I am not, I, I'm a notorious interrupter. I know that. Um, I've tried to get better at that over the last handful of years that we've been doing this, but my God, that, that, that is a, um, that is some people competing for airspace. Uh, it is a war out there <laughs> trying, trying to figure out who's talking and when. <laughs> well, in our defence, in this, not in our defence, in in my defence, in the latest episode, we were having a sync issue um, over Discord. I'm looking to move right. away from Discord to record the shows, but hey, that costs right. money. Um, Kofi.com forward slash Beer Engine Podcast. If you want to donate to help us move away from Discord, um, it um, it was a sync issue that we were having, and not the usual sync issues that you get where the audio is just out of whack on one person's side and their video is as well. There's a delay in the internet connection. It was an issue with one person, the most crucial person in that show, and that's Brian, who would say something and I could see his lips move and the delay would change depending on what his computer was doing at the time and it could be up to 10 seconds from when I saw his lips move to when I could hear him. So you had to take a guess at how long you spoke for and took up that slack. So it ended up that we were talking over each other from time to time, yet there were other times where there was a, a big gap. It was a disaster. Yeah, I get No, I, and I, you know what? I can diagnose that. He's downloading too much porno. <laughs> there is like uh, this, no, that's... Um, yeah, there's many causes of robot voice. Yep. And um, one of them is just porno block. Classic porno clog has struck again. Hey, it's better than throat cancer. If you're going to have it caused by something. That's a great point. <laughs> um, I believe the fellow, this is a weird story, but the fellow who used to sing the national, or who does now sing the national anthem for the Cubs. Um, got throat cancer or something or shot in the throat or some crazy thing. And you're like, man, that is ironic, isn't it? Um, or coincidental, actually, I suppose more than ironic, but 
so Tony, I, uh, you know, just based on your last conversation, I, I don't want to over um, <laughs> discuss shows you've had in the past, but sounded like you've taken up a PR role with the F1 company. And, and uh, so I'd like you explain that to us that you're their number one promoter here in Vegas. Nobody's loved F1 more than you. I'm not. I, I was just more like if an organization says to you that they're going to hold a, a major event and they have a track record right. of holding similar major events all over the world where we have a modern pattern, I think over a third of the F1 grid is held on temporary circuits to varying degrees. Stuff from Albert Park in Australia, which we'll take you to. It's open parkland, uh, but it does have one major thoroughfare into the city to Monaco, which is a um, principality. It basically takes up the whole yep. country of Monaco because Monaco is so fucking yep. tiny. Uh, to Quite places like country. Singapore, where it's a full bustling city. And you can look at those cities and the amount of work it took to get the major event to actually take place and the amount of disruption that takes place in those venues and how long it takes to set up, especially for the first time. And you can look at that and say, are we going to do that in our city? In this case, Vegas decided to do that. F1 didn't minimise that. I I can look back at the bids and I know for a fact that this was a discussion point when they were fleshing it out and Vegas decided to go ahead with it. And then what happens on a local level during construction, like they were talking about um, Coval being down to one lane and being blocked off. Well, that's not F1 fault, depending on how the road works right. are done, for fuck's sake. So I, here's my stance on this. Um, so we were, uh, to, to give people some background, we're hearing there are a lot of complaints about the F1 traffic from people that I'll say, um, you know, from anyone, from lots of different people. But I, I think my stance on this as a non, you know, I haven't been a Vegas resident as long as you know, somebody like Brian or um, uh, a lot of our other friends out here, right? But I don't, unless you work on the strip, I don't know if I really want to hear it. Yes, yes. <laughs> Going to the strip for most of us is a luxury. Yep. Uh, it's something we can do. Like it's nice uh, sometimes if you want to go to eat, or you're going to a show, or hey, you're going to Aces game, or you're going to the Raiders or whatever. But you usually have like a nice event planned. You're not going down there just to hang out and bucket bust my ass. You know, you're going down there because you got some idea. You know, you're gonna cards with someone whatever meet a friend sure you you can't you can't be like oh you made me fucking late for my um you know five hundred dollar fucking event i got i'm going to or whatever i I don't know that's just i get it i get that it's frustrating to do traffic i lived in chicago for most of my life it's annoying instructions annoying sometimes they sometimes in chicago tony they'll rip out a whole goddamn highway and just be like well we're rebuilding it now yep so fuck you Hope you didn't like driving places. <laughs> it just fucking happens. It know? happens everywhere, though. Um, this is the thing. People in Vegas think, for whatever reason, because of the fact that it is an entertainment place, that things should just happen at night. Construction should just happen at night. For safety reasons. It's, it's, and it's impossible because sometimes, well, sometimes like you can't rebuild the thing that you're taking down in a day. 
Yeah. You know? Some jobs take more than 11 hours. Some jobs you have to, like, literally pull something apart. Now, there is some unfortunate circumstance. They're having to do the whole Tropicana, like, disaster at the same time as they're building all this. Sure. Um, I also would say that, you know, some of the, maybe some of the planning and agreements made during the planning by our local politicians is not always above board. And if you have an issue with it, they're probably the people that will not listen to you or care about whether you think it's a good idea. Let's look at the Oakland A's, for example. They don't seem to care that we don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) So whatever. It's happening. Yep. Um, I, uh, I, of course, I don't like it. Like, I don't love having to deal with traffic. It is frustrating. The people I feel really, really bad for, though, um, not to not to be get myself a pat on the back or something, are the people who are working down there, right? It's hard for them. We have yep. friends who work down there who work as, um, you know, bar managers or restaurant managers or servers at restaurants in the Strip. And they have to go down there, what, every night and try to find a way to get to work on time, you know, and these people are, you know, folks are going to have to try to get there the night of this shit that it's going on. Yeah. You know, I hope there's a plan for that. And I'm, you know, I would guess if you're a casino that has to make a shitload of money on these days, you're going to make a plan for this. Yep. If you're not, you're fucking up big time, frankly. Um, If you're not like going to run a a shuttle or a, or, um, you know, some kind of other, option for people to get there yeah but um that's who i think has it really really tough I, my dumb ass can just go if i want to go to if i want to go somewhere to dinner and it's like too busy i'll just be like oh fuck it I'll yeah that's else, exactly you know? right I mean, how, i'll tell you how often i've had to deal with this traffic is like twice <laughs> and it's been what eight months or something yep. they've been working on it i mean what the fuck I, that's what i don't get it's like how often are you Doing this to yourself? Are you, are you crazy? Well, um, here's my issue specifically with with uh, one of the people that we were speaking with, and that's Phobes, because he's like, because <laughs> Brian brought up about the fact that it's a, a bitch to get out of Allegiant Stadium after a Raiders game. It is, and then he was apologising. It's like it's a major sporting event. What do you expect? I'm like, well, you can't have it both ways. You can't say, well, one sporting event shouldn't cause disruption because I'm not into it and don't understand it. And then the other, well, that's just a sporting event. It's like sporting you know events. You know what's a shitty chaos. place to get out of is um, yeah, Wrigley Field, Soldier Field. Yep. Places that are like 80 years old that have none of the infrastructure <laughs> to tolerate this. I think we're just spoiled a little bit. I get it. You know, uh it's it's just a it's a city going through growing pains. Yeah, some of that I'm I'm empathizing with. I understand it. Um, some of it I'm just like, you know what? We don't have to pay income tax. That's kind of cool, huh? And <laughs> yeah. some of this shit's going to take care of that for us. It's kind of nice, you know. Yeah. It's um, just that I come from an area, and you'll see this when you're in Melbourne, where we have these big venues. We have two stadiums over fifty thousand. One of them is a hundred thousand. But it's built around infrastructure. You can walk. Yeah. It, it takes you literally 15 minutes from the, the CBD to get to the MCG. And if you don't want to walk, yeah. there is um, the ability to, to take the train or the tram to both these venues. Um, you used to be able to park at the MCG. That's, that's no longer a thing. They just keep it open as parkland now. But there is plenty of um, ability within um, 
within the sporting complex to actually find a park. And you're not walking the immense distances that Phobes is talking. For whatever yeah. reason, no, I, don't, I don't want to get yeah. behind the scenes too much and change subjects, but you've got really small on Discord right at this second. Small? Yeah. Did you change any settings? Like what's gone small? My voice or no, me? You, you as a person on the screen. Uh, that's something on your end because I'm looking at myself normal right now. I don't, nothing's now changed got, over here. Now you've got beer. Weird. Discord. Did I just go? Is I doing this? Like going back here? I don't know. Okay, so that's crazy. But yep, yep. It's it is. Um, listen. Vegas can be a pain in the ass sometimes, but also it's very cool. That's my summary of <laughs> living in Las Vegas. It's uh, a bunch of people show up here and they spend a whole shitload of money and uh, we get annoyed slightly and then we don't have to do our taxes at the end of the year, which is dope. Yeah, you you make an interesting point about the um, convenience of not paying income tax versus um, the can, the um, issue of public infrastructure. I think Vegas strikes a fairly good deal say compared to some other we should places. have better in you should have better infrastructure but that's an usa problem that's yeah. not just a vegas problem yeah i mean there's bridges falling apart and shit crumbling all the time so it's not just here but yeah how's yeah, the infrastructure in chicago compared to vegas given the tax gap that you have there i mean well we don't pay taxes but the casinos pay our taxes to be fair yeah. i don't think that i don't think that um I don't know what the income for the state of uh, Illinois is versus the state of Nevada, but um, how is the infrastructure comparatively? Um, you know, different setting. We have to pay tolls and shit there too. Um, and then there's tollway versus freeway and all this stuff. So I don't know. I think somebody living in the city of Chicago uh, would tell you it kind of fucking sucks because there's big ass potholes. Yeah, you're just careening over all the time and blasting your car to death with. Um, there often don't seem to be enough salt trucks, stuff like that. Snow plows for the type of weather that you get there. Um, uh, compared to Vegas, um, you know, Vegas is just younger, a, a younger city. I don't think it. I don't think it has the infrastructure it needs. Yep. But I think that I think that's less of a result of not collecting taxes or allocating projects correctly it will be that but not yet um at this point i think it's just um maybe not expecting the exponential growth that's happened over the last eight to ten years probably yep will there ever be a fix to public transport um in vegas specifically um i know public transport is never great um, compared to some of these European cities, even in Australia, we don't have a perfect system. But it's it's miles ahead of where you are oh, in yes, Vegas. It's miles ahead of where we are in Vegas. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. I think I think the West Coast is kind of fucked in general for infrastructure like this because it's grown faster than it can support it. And now the idea of undertaking the effort to like dig whole like tunnels through the city and stuff. Um, is probably prohibitive to people who can ha who can't handle the F one race infrastructure being built. So I yep. mean, uh, I guess I'd be surprised if they're able to get something like that off the ground. Um, and I think now with the how the you know where we are in the stages of capitalism, that everything is fucking privatized. If they were going to do it, it would not be a civic project. It would be like what we're seeing with Elon Musk 
hyper loop shit. You know, we'll get yeah. that. If that if that ever gets done, if that ever even exists in the way it was envisioned to, which it won't, um, that's what we'll end up with is some shit like that. Because you'll actually get to see um, some infrastructure being built in Melbourne while you're there. Because um, right. the um, rail link is taking place in Victoria, um, not out to the airport. You have to take a bus there but uh there's that's fine there's, i saw the bus it's a nice bus yeah it's fine but what i was going to say is the suburban rail loop it, i think they're adding three new underground stations into the existing melbourne cbd might be four um i told um you know we'll talk about this in discord but um yeah nick nick was so kind nick torque our listener uh, out there by you, Tony, who is so kind to put up gentleman. some like I, potential itineraries. Yeah, I wonder what a nice guy. Um, he put all the Uber like estimates down, which is very nice. But I am, I do tend to try and use the public transport because it, yeah. I don't know, it gives you a nice vibe for the city. <laughs> but where it's where it's not possible, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, where it is possible, I'm going to try to do it. I don't mind, yeah. you know, jumping into an Uber. But if if we can do if we can get somewhere in thirty five minutes or forty minutes versus taking a fifty dollar Uber, I'll just yeah. wait. Like I'm fine. I I could you know what might be a nice drinking break. You know, yeah. I can, we should be uh, able to find a breather. A, you know, a pub near a tram stop somewhere for fuck's sake, and that'll be the fun right. parties. Yeah. Is we've got the world's longest tram network anywhere in the world, um, or light rail, mm-hmm. depending on what you want to call it. But. Um, so we should be able to use a fair bit of that along with the, the train infrastructure, like getting out to Deeds. That's the easiest thing to do is to actually use public transport rather than trying to take an Uber out to Deeds. But um, if we want to efficiently um, brewery hop on certain days, we may need to just split the cost of Ubers to, to yep, keep it That's moving. fine. Honestly, 50 bucks um, Australian for an Uber is really not prohibitive compared to what I spent the other day, which was, I think, 60 American total. Um because yep. uh, I was going to mention this. I wanted to talk about this. Kelly and I went to a food festival Saturday, Ooh. Tony. Um, I went to a thing called Vegas Unstripped. Now, you might remember, and our handful of TAI listeners might remember, that I think I do think Phobes did mooch a trip to Vegas Uncorked <laughs> many years ago, maybe a decade ago probably, which is a very fancy food festival at Caesars Palace with yep. some of those chefs and high-end, you know, whatever. It's probably 300 350 bucks. Uh, this one is all off-strip chefs. All your local chefs are the ones that do this one. Uh, it was 150 bucks, so expensive, but not insanely prohibitive. So about you know half or a third of the price of uncorked. Um, and uh, it was really a great time, and I recommend it for anyone who's coming to Vegas on the weekend of that at some point, or wants to check it out, wants to learn a little bit more about the off-strip restaurants. It was a very, it was, it was maybe a little too contained. It was very small area <laughs> and a lot of people. Yep. Um, but yeah, free booze, free food. Every, every chef had a like special dish they made for it. It was a great time. Um, so I don't know, Tony, what do you think about like, have you ever done a food festival like that? Have you done like a, you know, different, I, most of the ones you see are like food trucks. And you can go and like buy your own. Yeah. Snacks from the food truck. Have you ever done anything like this where you pay a flat fee and you get fed? Uh, I don't know whether I've ever done the pay a flat fee and get fed, to be honest. Um, yeah. But I would be down for it, don't get me wrong. There, there are events like this um, 
in and around Australia. I just haven't found the urge to do it because it doesn't seem to have the quality that, that this one, looking at the uh, list of chefs that are involved, um, this really seems like yeah, quite a quality ones. list. It was a great time. I got to say the dish I still think I really love the most was probably the simplest, just over the top dish, but you could get as much of it as you wanted. Just plates of Hamachi crudo with, <laughs> uh, with, um, uni and caviar on it. I'm like, all right, I'll just keep eating this. Get my $150 worth of fucking Hamachi. <laughs> it was so good. Um, but golden Tiki was there making up cocktails. There was a bunch of wineries there. Dreamer Pills was passing out Pilsners. Um, yeah, I recommend this thing. And, and it's a good way, if, especially for the non-local, for the tourists to um, get their arms around all the different types of you know cookery going on outside the Strip in Vegas. It was pretty good. Yep. Um, cool stuff, yeah. Because like, there seems to be this thing in Vegas that, for whatever reason, these chefs get drawn in either to work at Strip Casinos or... I don't know, they come to Vegas for whatever reason. But there seems to be a really high standard of food outside this strip and corporate confines of Vegas. That I think we it's changed to. a little bit. I think part of it is is because of the other way around where um, chefs left the strip. They came, they came out here to work on the strip. They got hired from, oh, I was the chef at um, Bobby Flay's place in New York and he flew me out here be a chef here and I thought it would only be two years and now I've been here 20 years and I love Las Vegas and I opened my own restaurant, you know, yep. that type of shit, you know, we have a lot of those guys. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a mix of, um, of some others too, but yeah, you, you get the idea. Just people end up out here and, and we, we've ended up with a very high quality set of restaurants that don't involve dealing with all this crazy traffic and <laughs> all this bullshit. You can just go down the street to one of your favorites, you know, and, and hit a, hit a great spot. You'll be, you'll be, it's, it's not that hard anymore. Um, actually even had a chef from the up, up soon to be Durango out there who was making, um, uh, some, some killer. He was doing like old school French, like, um, I don't want to say charcuterie, but it's the best way I can explain it. He was making like pate and crout and stuff. Yep. Uh, like like some fucking old school the duck duck riet riet and stuff like that. I'm like, all right. Uh, but it was it was extremely good. Um, so that was cool to see too. But yeah, we had a great time, and we took an Uber back and forth, and the total I think was you know, sixty five bucks for the round trip, which I wasn't too bad coming from where we were to go to pretty much where Silver Stamp is. Um, that's not too bad on a Saturday for Vegas, but yep, you know, compared to some of the numbers that uh were getting posted there, I was like, this is pretty. Um, the Australia Uber not too expensive, pretty good. <laughs> not too bad. It's been a big city. I don't know if they do surge pricing out there. But. Yeah, we do. So during the week, you're going to be fine. Weekends is going to be a different story. And just be aware of that, same as anywhere else that has Uber. But we also still have some cabs, so you can potentially just use a cab. Yep, cabs are good too. All right. Cool. Well, Tony, why don't we uh, why don't we move along here? Why don't we do a Discord, huh? Let's let's jump right into that beer chat. Um. Now, this was some interesting stuff, Tony. Max Allotment. Uh, 
never would have thought this is what I'd see from from the uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Max Allotman, always posting those clear ass fine loggers from Carton. Yes, smoked beer. Here he comes with Gloop Master Energy City makes its way to the East Coast. Eastro Cabana uh, provides a full day's supply of vitamin C with intense mango and apricot in a thick, almost syrupy Berliner. Fruit stays true to its real-life flavor without any lactose mucking things up. Tony, this is a mango and passion fruit uh, flavored Berliner Weiss, but I'm going to say it's like this looks overfruited, like an overfruited type situation. I mean that in the nice way. That's literally how they describe them. Um yep. Definitely got a gloop character to it uh, in the picture. Looks like a nice day outside, though, Max. And I was pointing out, Tony, Energy City in years past uh, was just like a warehouse room where you'd go and you'd pick up bombers, like 22-ounce bottles of, like, like stout, of just plain Imperial, 9% Imperial stout unadjuncted and hazy IPAs in a bomber. Yep, and uh, they're pretty good, and people were pretty excited about them. They're very like hard to get beers. Um, you'd have to buy them online in advance and everything. And um, now this is all they make. And the best part is, Tony, I've seen this shit in Denmark. I've seen <laughs> fridges full of Energy City. <laughs> really, in Denmark. It comes up on it comes up on Tavor. Um, you know, Max makes the point, the correct point, that. Um, uh, you know, he had seen a lot of breweries in Jersey and Philly closing this year. You got to adapt or you're going to die. This is craft beer Darwinism now. I don't disagree with him. Uh, I respect breweries doing what they have to do to continue brewing. Yep. Uh, and if, if this is something they really care about and matters to them, I would hate to see them lose their business and lose their uh, passion. Uh, these beers are not always for me. Just that doesn't mean they're bad and nobody should make them. It just means it's not for me. So uh, I've said that before. That's why I don't review beers that I don't care for the style of one on untapped or like some fucking yeah. dickhead. You know, you just say like, oh, you know what? Not for me. No review. Moving on. No rating. We're good. You know. Now, um, will you come back and revisit these styles from time to time to check if your palate's changing? Because I'm sure you were overexposed to gloop there for a time. I get a sip of them sometimes. It, I I don't think they taste bad. They're just undrinkable, right? So you're drinking, and I mean that in the like sessionable way or or like drinkability way, where it's like I can drink an ounce of it or two ounces of it. Yep. But you start adding on top of that, and it gets heavier and heavier and more and more cloying. Now some of them do it pretty well. This one could be one of those. What I love is if you fit in, you got to fit in some citrus into this. That's what I need. Yep. You'll hit you'll hit me in the right spot if you get me with some you know, throw in tangerine or grapefruit mixed in there with like the berries and stuff, you know, yep. blackberry, tangerine, pineapple or something like that, lime. Those types of flavors cuz it cuts the sweet a little bit. Like how you sque- it's like when you squeeze a lime over fruit salad, you know, a little bit, you know, it gives it some yep. of that. Um then I then I'll be able to get a little more down, but I, it's always a share beer. I see people pouring sixteen ounces into a pint glass. I'm like, Ooh. I don't know, man. It's just I don't know if I can do it. But I can do it. Um, 
you know what? All right, Tony, we're a good drinking pair then. You'll 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 be taking down the fruit. I'll get a little sippy pie, and then I'll be like, yeah, it's good, thanks. Yeah, it tastes great. <laughs> um, some of them do taste bad. It's not that's with any beer style, by the way. That's not just. I mean, some of them are like weird mixes. The ones that start throwing marshmallow and um, candy and crap into it. I, I I don't know about that. Yeah, I, oh, shut up. Um, <laughs> Coconut is not a candy, it's a fruit. Um, hey, it's part of my favorite candy of all time, the Bounty. Oh, yeah, the Bounty. It's like a better version of a almond, no, of a mount. Yeah. Yep, I think so. I'll get one of those when I'm there. Yeah, absolutely. Nick Torque. Uh, so last time he went to this place, Watts River, he, he described their beer as dog shit. And he's pleased to say that it's no longer the case. This is their seventh birthday triple, a uh, Belgian-style triple, I'd guess, at Watts Brewing in Heelsville. Heelsville up in the Yarra Valley there, right, if I yep, recall correctly? Yarra Valley. Yep. He's got some Cape Cola. Now, what is this, Tony? Um, the pop that he's got next to his... I think it's an Italian cola. Hmm. Is it Cape or Cappy Cola? Right. Be Cappy. Be Cappy. And he went over to Matilda Bay, had some owl English pale and hazy lager and a nice pile of chips here with some uh, aioli maybe and some ketchup. Yep, um, let's take a look at that fun. menu, Tony. Let's we got uh, ooh, cherry saison. All right, at the top, I think I might be in. 6.7% cherry saison. Yep. Victorian cherries. Yes, that sounds good. We got a super mild pale ale. That sounds interesting. Um, Munich lager, always a classic choice. But now I think on this menu, I might have to get into that cherry saison. I, I love cherry stuff. It can veer into the cough syrup easily, yeah. but I, if you do it right, it's I'm all over it. It sounds great. This is such an Australian beer menu. Most of the beer is coming in around that 4.5% range something that you'll notice um something that we're we're sort of fighting against at the brewery that everybody wants that that four and a half percent they think that's the max for a beer and it's very hard to fight against marketing and and whatever else um got an australian classic on the menu though it's a beer called redback it was one of the first i think matilda babe was still independently owned when this one made a big splash on the Australian market. Um, so it's it's been around for years. It is an absolute stalwart of the Australian scene. I wouldn't consider it yeah, something yeah. that you got to eke out and drink. Um, but if we call into Matilda Bay, you probably do need to to at least have a little, little sippy pop or whatever you called it. Oh, yeah, I'll get some. I'll be getting something. I mean... Yeah. And I'm not going to Australian breweries to not drink the beer. Yeah, yeah. But whether it, <laughs> see, I, I don't know. I haven't been to Matilda Pay since it's back in independent hands because it used to be a CUB place. And this is where we're going to lean on Nick. Is it worth visiting? You've got the spreadsheet, buddy. Um, is it worth visiting? So, yeah. It's just something to put out there. It was originally known as Brewtech. Interesting. Um, let's see where it is on the map, if it's in the mix of any. Uh, oh, no, it just shows me the, the bay itself. 
in on the on the west side of Australia. It's probably not there. That probably wouldn't be able. We probably wouldn't be able to make it over there. No. Um, all right. Uh, oh, we had some nice interchange here. Asking Nick for some uh, advice on Bankhouse, which Nick did seem to think was maybe just ordinary beer, despite <laughs> having. You call a guy on his phone, and if he's around, he'll come open up for you. That is pretty cool. Um, our friend Kyle has been in San Diego this weekend. Or sorry, this week, early this week. Oh, and uh, he's been uh, taking up some of our uh, favorite recommendations, our favorite places here. Had some Craft Coast with some area tacos and consomme there. You had... Um, uh, drinking some Degar. I'm wearing a Degar sweatshirt right now. Um, drinking some Degar, uh, Syrah, uh, barrel aged. Went to North Park. Great place to drink beer. Uh, drank some. I think you bought some Trillium at, um, which is funny because that's not in San Diego, by the way. <laughs> no. um, Trillium's the other coast, aren't they? And uh, we have some Pizza Port and some Virgin. Hey, jealous. I love all those things. So. I wish I was drinking pizza port, although I was yesterday. I did have a Swami's yesterday, so that was fine. And uh, Burgeon, you know, we've had threats recently about getting Burgeon, and another threat I'll tell you that we heard recently that we might get is Russian River. Uh, So we'll see if in the next few months before the year ends, or maybe at the start of the new year, we start seeing... um, any of those things. Uh, I'm not hyper confident yet, but fair enough. Uh, I would love that if uh, Russian River used to be here. They had some issues here uh, with some various purveyors. I think they would, the rumor is they would be sticking to my two favorite places because they know that they'll store their beer and serve it correctly, which are Corey's and the Silver Stamp. I thought those were the uh, two locations. That's who I would trust if I were coming into the market. So um, if if they're able to pull that off, then that sounds amazing. Um, I will say uh, now my, our, our trip to Australia is coming up quite quickly. A mere three weeks. Uh, just three more shows, Tony, until yes. we'll be taking a, a intentional two-week break, probably. Yes, um, we will. But, uh, yeah, we will. I can bring the recorder along. We can record some impromptu content at a venue. We'll see if we're able to do that. Uh, I'm not going to plan around that, though. Um, <laughs> I got stuff going on. But uh, it was very nice of Nick. Who, uh, If you're somebody who's thinking about going to Australia or lives in Australia or going to Australia, take a look at Nick's um, maps that he made for us. Yeah. Um, these are like specifically um, laid out around certain areas of Melbourne. Uh, and these are amazing. Now, what, we're, what we've loosely planned out at this point yep. uh, for the gang that might not be on Discord that might want to meet up, if you are, uh, we are planning, I don't have a time yet, I will put that out there once we know, uh, to meet up uh, officially on the 18th. Uh, on Saturday the 18th, we'll meet up at La Serene on the north end there and probably work our way down to uh, Carwin. 
Yep. So at any point of that, if you want to hop on, you're more than welcome. And Sunday, the plan would be to meet at Deeds. Uh, those are probably two of our, you know, between Carwin and Deeds, I was like, those two have to be on our yeah, list because do. we've talked about them more than anything. Um, yep. So Sunday, we'd probably meet at Deeds and then maybe go back up toward the central business district from there. Um, maybe yeah. getting Burnley and, and some other places on the way. Um, so we'll see how that goes. That's the loose plans right now. But if you're there Saturday and Sunday, that's Saturday the 18th of November, Sunday the 19th of November, if you're Happen to be in Melbourne? Come hang out with us. Yeah, we're looking at you. Come down to Melbourne and hang out with us. Yeah, that's right. I know you've probably got got some nonsense event. Some some race. Nobody loves to run. Everybody loves to drink. Come hang out. And then um, we will meet at uh, we'll be at Mafco on Wednesday night. If anyone wants to come out to the Uh, Wednesday day, we might head out to Tanamba on Wednesday Wednesday night. Right, Wednesday day. Yeah, yeah. I think sometime in on Wednesday we'll be there. Or, or we can switch those around. Either way, I think Tanamba will have a lunch service. Probably irrelevant. Yep. Because I don't know how many people are going to come out that far. But, <laughs> no, it's uh, a long way. You Nick, right, yeah. Nick comes out occasionally, um, but that's of his own volition for his own reasons, for his own trips. That's right. But uh, very helpful stuff from the gang, including PMAC and Nick, over the last few months. We are uh, applying as much of that as we can. Yep. Um we can't wait. Everything's planned out. We got everything booked. We're ready to go. Um, and I will moment, say, so can't wait. Um, especially number two, that is doable in an afternoon. Um, the number two route that he set out. We can actually add to that and uh, add beer mash to that and a couple of other places. Um, right. Uh, because Maybe we do that one uh, on Friday or, or one of the other yeah, days. Yeah, it's super easy place to walk around. Um, Molly Rose to the mill is like a two-minute walk. And, yeah, he's right. It's a 15-minute walk down to Stomping Ground, uh, Bod Ridgey. And oh, we didn't check out the range brewing last time because it's just an outlet where you can buy beer. But uh, we've had a bit of range since then, and that is good beer. Those are some quality breweries just packed in that one little spot. Let's do it. All right. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, let's pick you know Friday or Monday or something, and we'll, we'll go out and do those. Yeah. Um, you got to get into killer. some other stuff too, other than beer. I do, but we and we've got that stuff. We're starting to lay out. Uh, cool. I think one of the days, Tony, we're going to go down um, to St Kilda and yep, spend the day down there. There's lots of fun neighborhoody type things to do there. They sure are. Um, maybe go out and look at the beach and pier yeah. and all that junk. It looks nice. And um, yeah, we've got some other stuff we've been working on. Um, we're doing more nature stuff in Sydney too. We have a ton of that, like beach walks and all this stuff playing too. So we'll mix some more of that into Melbourne as well. Some, so we're and we have to go to Albert Park and we have to go do the look at the MCG and all that. So we'll yep. have to fit all that in. But Albert Park's on the we way. We got six nights, Tony. We got we got six nights in Melbourne. More than so much time to uh, still have a bunch of shit that we wish we could have done. So yeah, you'll be back. Very good. I'll be back. Uh, Tony, we got a question. Oh, let's let's save the mail keg for the very end. Let's okay. just make sure there's nothing else in here. We did have some food stuff in this week. Kitchen. So we did, uh, we got some feedback on the St. Paul sandwich that we spoke about last week, Tony. We sure did. Um, Corey, a St. Louis native, um, does not personally love the St. Paul sandwich. Um, I think maybe he... So it does sound like he equates it with the chop suey restaurants in the 
questionable parts of the town. That didn't surprise me. It probably goes along. I think it was made up uh, or created in the era of like, if you've ever watched that show, that's about, did you ever watch that movie, Tony? That's about like the history of general. So's chicken. I think I did. Yeah. It's like about how there, there was like a Chinese diaspora around the country of opening like the 9,000 restaurants that are called like China King four. Yes. Or whatever that yeah. are in the U S <laughs> um, Rich respect, you know, those restaurants have fed a lot of people um, and many of them still exist. But um, I, I get why you would associate it with that, which is that very classic, like cornstarch heavy, MSG heavy, no offense to MSG, it's yummy. Yeah. Uh, uh, old school American, Americanized Chinese. And I find, there, you know, there, the places I used to go to when I was a kid, I find something nostalgically um, delicious about that. I could also see how that could be quite disgusting to you yes, as well. There so. is a charm to it, these yeah. because they are about a place and a time that isn't so much about cultural appropriation, but just making do with what you've got. And right. also like and that's what Italian American cuisine is too, right? Yeah. It's it's a yeah. modified version of Italian cuisine based on what was available. Yeah, and it doesn't have that stigma that something like chop suey has around it. To some extent. Right. That's true. That's right. Well, because, I mean, uh, yeah, and, you know, we don't have to get into why that might be, but um, I, I understand yeah. why that, yeah, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of heaviness there due to what uh, racism. Um, yeah. The, uh, now he did recommend the slinger and we had talked about the slinger as well. He has a nice picture of a slinger here from Courtesy Diner. Now, doesn't that look good, Tony? I know it's a little bit garbage platey, but I don't think yep. it's quite as garbage platey as a garbage plate. No. Um, this is just like this is like hash browns and stuff covered in chili. I mean, I don't know. Who, who wouldn't like that? Yeah, it's, it's yummy. Jalapenos. Yep. And then um, Dick Torque decided to take matters into his own hands. <laughs> and he's like, fuck this. I'm going to make my own. Uh, egg food, uh, sorry, um, uh, St. Paul sandwich. And I think I see this is what I think it would be, right? You got the Foo Young patty, you got the lettuce. He, now he's got a little more salad on it, he's got some cucumber on there, which yeah. I think is an interesting take. That's fine. That's an and he's, uh, a salad, yeah. You get it on a salad, but I don't know if you'd necessarily put it on the sandwich, but that's okay. I'm gonna get hung up on it. <laughs> That's a fine thing you could put on there. And then he's got a nice slather of mayo on there. Dude, I mean, that's see, that's why I think this would be good. It's like a, this is a great, to me, this would be an awesome thing to eat for breakfast. I just <laughs> think this would be so good for breakfast. Um, so I, uh, now I do think the ones in the U.S., this looks like it's more cooked up on a pan, which is how I would cook like a Foo Young patty. Yep. I do think some of the ones in St. Louis are fucking deep fried. I think they are putting that bitch in the fryer <laughs> and finishing it in there. So it's even more greasy. Um, but this version of it looks really good to me. I think Nick's version looks like the one I would want. Ooh, I do it. Too much. And, uh, let's beat. jump over. Hang in there, buddy. Uh, <laughs> let's jump over to the mail keg. We do. Can we hear our mail keg sound? Of course we can. Spooky laugh, I don't understand even. But 
Good for Halloween, I guess. Ghost in the machine. Um, Corey asks, Mr. Mailkeg, having read this week about the DJ who scammed the airplane parts aftermarket with used parts, I don't, I, I don't know how where he is on the internet where he's reading this. I, I, I'm very online, but that is pretty online. I was, I was wondering if there have been any similar scams in the beer industry. I know I could just Google this, but you seem lonely. It has been six months since we've heard from you. It's true. Hope you are well. Thanks, a concerned listener. Thank you, Corey. Uh, yes, please post your questions in the mail keg. Um, now, question. A very lazy name for a mailbag, but. Can I, I don't want to presume, but what binary, if the mail keg is binary, is the mail keg? I was sort of. The male keg is female rather than male. You're wondering about, oh, okay. We have to check. We have to, well, we have to send him to Texas, send it to Texas. And we need Greg Abbott to inspect the male keg's genitals. Yep. And we'll know. We'll know what it is. Um, so, Corey, uh, I don't know if I have a specific. Um, I don't think I need a specific scam to lay out. I have not been scammed, but based on the trading um, ecosystem, I can say almost definitely that uh, a million people have been scammed in the beer resale market, in the beer aftermarket. Yep. People will pour out uh, sips of stout and recap them. You know, with the advent of homebrewing, bottle cappers became, right, very popular and easy to get. Yeah. People will just recap, they'll recap stouts. They will sneak. I mean, my favorite scam of all time, it's not even a, I mean, it is a scam, I think, but people buy it. I don't know if it's a scam, if idiots will buy it. But uh, people pouring, like going to BBT Day at Side Project, getting a draft pour, pouring an ounce of it into a vial, cap, like, like closing it, and then shipping that as throw it as share things or as like um, resale. You know, okay, you can buy a vial of BBT for me for, for eighty bucks. Yeah, without like a doubt, ha- it happens on the like, resale that's market. To think about. Yeah. Because I, I think this is rife in any resale market, whether it be on an industrial scale, like this man and his wife with matching Rolexes at their their wedding. I was just reading about the story then, or yeah. it um, happens the the biggest. Um, not the biggest, the most public resale market where you see this happen all the time, and it used to be far more common, but you still see it, is the tickets for sporting and public events. Oh, yeah. Like tickets for rock concerts and stuff. That's where you really do see a lot of shenanigans going on in the um, secondary market. So it's true. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's bourbon has it even worse. The bourbon secondary market is so fucked because, I mean, bourbon, now I'm sure this happens with stout too. I don't have any specific examples, but bourbon, you just pour in or something else or relabel the bottle. Yep. I mean, uh, slap on whatever other label you want and call it whatever it isn't, you know? Oh, this, yeah, this is Pappy. And you just poured a bunch of Buffalo Trace in there, you know? Um, There's all kinds of fucking scams in that, in that universe. I I don't even want to know. Yeah, Pappy was the one that I was thinking of because it, its market is really fucking crazy. It's secondary market. Oh yeah, 
It's so insane and stupid too. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Sure, it's fine, but it's not worth the numbers people are getting for it. No, this is the thing though with with any market that goes to the extent that that Pappy's gone, it's never worth what people are willing to pay for it because it starts to become a status symbol. Um, Rolex watches, for example, are a perfect example of that. Like no watch these days is crafted well enough to get the asking price that it does, let alone a Rolex, okay. which is pumped out in hundreds of thousands every year, up in the seven, $8,000 for base models, stretching a long way further north of that because it becomes this status symbol, this... Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's the same with Pappy. It is a status symbol and it happens with beer, not so much with aeroplane parts, but once something becomes into that, sort of other market, it becomes right. something right. completely different. It's no longer about the product itself. It's about what that that symbol of that product means to people. So, yes, there are many beer scams in the aftermarket. Um, I'm sure there are people relabeling Dark Lords um, that were whatever, Obcraft, dog shit, who knows, you know. It's just... Um, you know, you, this is the you, you're in these secondary markets, and you're, you you got to play in that. You playing in that game. You really want to know people you're trading with. That's my advice. You're yep. gonna do trades. You're gonna do resale. I would try to get, you know, do your best to get a get a feel for whoever it is you're gonna do that, or else I mean, they might rip you off. Just like anything like this, but it's fine. All right, Tony and gang, if you guys want to uh, join the Discord, by the way. Please let us know, uh, and you can just click on the little video game controller at the bottom of our website. You don't even have to let us know. Just come on in. Or you could uh, send us an email, beerengineshow at gmail.com, or drop us a note on Instagram, which is at beerenginepod, and we will add you. Uh, and you can you know, come on here and ask us questions and chit-chat with us whenever you want. But Absolutely. For now, Tony, why don't we do the logger of the week? Griff's Logger of the Week. Griff's Logger of the Week. All right, Griff's Logger of the Week. It's called Lorraine. It's a good beer. It's from Triptych in Champaign, Illinois. Uh, actually, Savoy, Illinois, sorry. Uh, it is a, uh, they, they called it a pale pale lager. I don't know if I agree with that. I, I guess I would say it's like a, like a, I guess a Pilsner is a pale lager. I don't know, but feels like it's a little more distinct in style. It just says pale lager. It has a nice little hoppiness to it. I think it's pale lager featuring Czech saws. Um, it's a, it's very crispy. It's very tasty. The saws has a nice herbalness to it, and it it tastes uh, drinks very clean. Uh, I thought fantastic. Really excellent lager from Triptych. Great brewery. Starting to push, doing some pushing for that brewery of the year spot, maybe, or at least a nomination, I think. Oh, have to be. I maybe don't drink a ton of their stuff because it's hard for me to get. But uh, they're hitting the target. Uh, IPA, lager, stout, they're killing it. So I think they're going to be in the mix. Tony, how about you? Any lagers this week? I, just at the start of the show, I was drinking a Mafco Martzen directly from my home kegerator. Which, um, when you're here, you'll be able to take a pull of whatever I've got in the kegerator. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. Now, there's, 
I have to save up some of my uh, drunkenness just to drink out of your kegerator in your house. <laughs> that sounds good. Hey, it's a kegerator not full of homebrew, but full of... Um, yeah, full of professional beer. Yeah. yeah. And by the way... Now, how is that... Yeah. Triptych just falls into Savoy, Illinois. It's like right on the yep. border where um, the district's been drawn. So you were right to call it Champagne, really. Yeah, I mean... Champagne, Savoy, Urbana area is pretty pretty tight knit there. Um, now you used to cross in. It, you drive down Neil Neil Street there, and you'll just accidentally cross right into Savoy. Um, and then the Savoy Eight down the street is the movie, the cheap movie theater you could go to if you were a oh, dipshit so college kid. So you wouldn't go to the Savoy Sixteen IMAX. It may be the Savoy 16 now, IMAX. <laughs> that very well could be what it is now. But at the time, I believe it was the Savoy 8 normal shitty music uh, movie theater. Uh, and it was next to a – it's probably right there by – oh, there's a Schnooks over there now too, I think. So that's pretty cool. Um, all right, Tony, moving on. How about the beer of the week? Let's do the beer of the week. buddy okay uh had, had a couple of nice beers had a sour from deeds that was rip your face off sour some hazy ipa from uh fox friday the new owners of Cowan Cellars. but this one goes to a predictable brewery um who i've just ordered from mountain culture out of katoomba they had a beer called World's Best Chef. It's a IPA. They call it a milkshake mm. IPA, coming in at seven point five. Right. Um, they really mm. do split hairs over their New England style IPAs. Some are oat creams, some are neepers, some are milkshakes. It, it really depends on what exactly goes into the grist bill. Um, did you want to take a guess at the untapped score? There are 301 check-ins. Um, this has a really low... What's our alcohol on this again? 7.5. What's our ABV? 7.5? Yep. Okay. 7.5% um, milkshake IPA. Really long blurb, but just um, to cut to the chase right down the bottom, using a blend of hops akin to a dad winging it in the kitchen, we've combined European Mandarin... Mandarina, Bavaria, Australian Eclipse, and some IPA hops dashes in Citra Mosaic and Centennial to mimic sweet, ripe mandarins, citrus, and tropical fruits that the whole adult family can enjoy on Dad's special day. So this was obviously brewed for Father's Day in Australia. Uh, all right. I'm going to go four point. Two four. You are point zero one off. Four point two oh. five. Absolute killer right. here for American culture. Oh yeah, I'm excited to try their stuff. Um, in fact, I believe the first one of the first places we're going to go. Well, the first place we're going, I already know, is Wildflower because yep. they're only open Sunday. 
Um, but one of the, I think for dinner that night, I planned that day out a little tighter because I know we're going to be tired. Um, so I don't want to be meandering around being like, who the fuck? Um, but, uh, is the quarry, the quarry man's, uh, let me see if I can find their untapped list. Uh, uh, maybe not, but I would love to, but they, um, they always have some mountain culture on, so I'm. Yep. Uh, I'm very excited to have some of their mountain culture beers. Um and they, they always have some some good shit. So I'm I'm excited to check that place out. That was a recommendation from P Mac. So oh, I can see the beer menu, Tony. Uh what do we got on here? Uh just updated October seventeenth. That was yesterday. Oh, uh, there it is. Yep. Mountain culture hazy pale ale called Status Quo. Well, that's so the that. that's a go-to beer that's available in every bottle shop in Australia. Basically, not a bad thing. Love that beer. One of my favourites, along with yeah. number sixteen on their tap list. That's available ev- everywhere. Oh, the Balter XPA. Yeah, you yep. said that's really good too. So those will those will probably be my beers for that night. So that's cool. Very excited for that. Uh, thanks, PMAC, for that wreck. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll, also be going, I'll be also be going to the bars with the rats in them that you showed us, too. <laughs> Can't wait for that. A couple of others to look at, at least if this list holds. Um, the, where was it? The New Towner from Young Henry's is also an Aussie classic and Pacific Ale from Stone and Wood. A lot of these beers you'll be able to pick up other places, but they're like four, like, torchbearers of Australian craft, not necessarily set the yeah. world on fire, although I, I believe Belter XPA certainly does that and Status Quo does that, but they are definitely a big part of the Australian modern craft beer scene. Dude, I'm so pumped. I am so ready for this to be going. Now, in between, I've got some other fun. We're going to the L.A. here in a week for a special party at a special house, so... um very excited for that too. For yep. my that involves uh, for some very fancy. Uh huh. It's very exciting. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> all unusual I'm party say. that maybe I'll talk about a little more when we come back. But it will be something something else. I'll say. Oh, it'll uh, be a fly on the wall for that one. Yeah, I think I might end up being a fly on the wall. We'll see. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna get fucking smushed. We'll see. Uh, did you Tony, think about my beer of the car week just to when you get it valet parked? Like, no, because we're getting shuttled there, so I don't even have to worry about that. I don't, or they're 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 moving us all there. Together. A spaghetti for the weekend. I know it's gonna be it's gonna be really something else. Uh, my beer of the week, Tony. Um, I just had this yesterday, in fact, and I'll talk about it. It was called uh, uh, King's Head Urban Barrel Aged by Holy Mountain. Holy Mountain in Seattle, and King's Head. It's a brown. It's technically a brown ale, and it has a lot of coconut in it. Tony, it's really good. Uh, it's <laughs> Did a double you brown this beer? Double brown ale um, with a generous portion of oats and coconut and bourbon barrel aged. Um, I'm having a hard time finding like the official untapped entry into this for this beer but um i thought this stuff was crazy good um not super i mean it's a brown ale so it had like some barley wine characteristics maybe some stout characteristics um 
but then a ton of coconut flavor and a nice bourbon barrel punch because because it's a brown ale. I think that really helped it. Um, an A plus beer. Um, so I uh, okay. So actually, maybe there is a. Can I find it? Oh, here it is. It's double oatmeal brown ale with vanilla. I checked in the wrong one. Double oatmeal brown ale with vanilla and coconut aged in bourbon barrels. We found it, Tony. Whew, I was getting worried. That's what it is. Oh, thank God. Yep. I can take Insanely good. Uh, Holy, Holy Mountain is so fire. Very, very great brewery. Um, so check them out if you're in the Seattle area or you get any, can find any of their beer anywhere. IPAs, Sours, Saison, Stout, all A+. plus. Great place. Um, great. All right, Tony. Well, let's do some hyper beer nerd dork shit news. Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. Oh, you were talking about Elon Musk earlier, Tony. I know you love this guy. Fuck me. I just read this article. What a fucking train wreck. All right. Uh, this is from Food and Wine. Tesla is now selling some exceedingly limited beer. You'll, you'll likely get your hands on this beer sooner than the Cybertruck. Now, this was just published yesterday. Um, after, uh, so about two years ago, uh, this says they released a beer in Germany, and that was the Giga Beer and its Cybertruck-inspired bottle. Uh, but then this year, they are releasing the Cyber Beer and the Cyber Stein. They have Cybertruck-like look about them, these things. Which means they're ugly. And, um, it's a 7% Hellas Lager, which already we're entering. <laughs> what? What territory? What? <laughs> um, 7% Hellas Lager made with Saz and Hallertal Middlefru. Nick Torque, don't at me. <laughs> uh, the, uh, and it was brewed by Torrance, California's Buzz Rock Brewing Company. Now, no offense to Buzz Rock Brewing Company. But I've, I know a lot of breweries in California, and that is one that I had not fucking heard of until right now. <laughs> and they're brewing a 7% Hellas Lager. Let's look up Buzz Rock Brewing Company. Why not, you know? They're that's probably professional, big, Buzz Rock. Big contractors like uh, Ultra Right Wing Beer. For us, beer isn't our passion, it's our life. They have an overall untapped rating of 3.66. Um, they they are doing contract beers, so they made Colin Coward's The Herd Hazy IPA. Are you familiar with Colin Coward? Of Tony? course, I'm familiar with the uh, Fox broadcaster. He used to be formerly ESPN. He used to be part of that show with uh, Michelle Beadle. They're doing they're doing all of Colin. They're doing nothing but Colin Coward beers. It feels <laughs> like they have Colin's draft picks, Pilsner. Allen's IPA, uh, <laughs> uh, what else we got here? Uh, the slightly stupid summer tangy haze. I don't know. They're doing Tesla beers and Colin Coward beers. That seems to be mostly what they make. Um, I don't know if they're good or bad. I'm sure they're fine. You know, they're, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then they're making this. So they're doing the Cyberstein. So let's hear Tony. You you look down. You know what the price is, right? Did you yeah. see what the price of everything is? Okay, the retail prices. price. Just so everybody knows. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to think ultra right beer is a goddamn steal. You're getting two bottles of, I mean, what 
Hellesbach, right? Yeah. Essentially, we'll call it Hellesbach. And um, in these fancy fucked up glasses, which, sure. And I'm going to be honest with you, Tony. Bottles. Both the beer bottle and the glass, I'm going to tell you what these look like to me. There's There's two options. One is the at least the bottles look like uh, like little dust vacuums for your car. Yes, yep, I, I get that. And the steins, and you could convince me the bottles, but definitely the steins look like Wi-Fi routers. <laughs> Very much so. That you get yep. that you get from the cable company. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. They're Wi-Fi routers you get from the cable company. And they used to be. Um, a, um... Oh, like Netgear box that looked exactly like these steins. I know exactly what you're talking about. These are so, yeah. awful. Um, you can buy the whole set. I and I, I it's already sold out. I can't. Can I buy it? Yeah, it's out of stock. I can't buy it. I mean, I would have thought about it just because you know I love content and you know I love getting ore from doing my podcast. Um. Let's read the description real quick. So it's okay. 150, 150 bucks plus you have to pay the $15 description. Let's look at this description. Cheers, sip, repeat. The Tesla Cyber Beer and Cyberstein limited edition set celebrates the angular exoskeleton of Cybertruck. Includes two bottles of Tesla Cyber Beer, a Hellas Lager with European Noble Hop Saws and Hallertown Middlefrew. Hallert- oh, sorry. Accentuated by notes of herb and spice and more notable aromas of tea and citrus, each bottle features a gloss black sleeve with a cyber beer watermark that looks even better chilled. Now, that's a hint that makes me think it's like a Coors Light. <laughs> that's what I was two just matte, about to say. The mountains turn blue. Uh, the two matte black ceramic beer steins were glazed and fired to mirror the form of Cybertruck and finished with a gloss interior signature tesla logo so these are going to start shipping later this month so fuck yeah faster faster than ultra right beer at least i do like the you know kelly always talks about she you know a good box and this is a good box that you can reuse for something right yes you got a cool um you got a cool like little shape you got a 150 dollar box your kid might like playing with the box um and you get to two Wi-Fi routers and two dust vacuums, which is pretty fucking awesome, honestly. Well, other than the fact you don't actually have a Wi-Fi router and a dust vacuum. You just got, like, the model that they put in the you store, so if they get stolen, they don't actually have any parts in them. You know, like in Ikea when they put those fake computer screens in, and those fake computers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like when you, do a, or like when you go to... Um, I don't know, Tony, if you've ever, you've probably never done this, because uh, why would you do this? Um, but when I, when Kelly and I were trying to uh, buy a house, you would go into these model homes. Have you watched Arrested Development? And they'd have like, they have special brands of, of not working, of TVs that are fake. Yes. Right. So yep. they're like the, the, the model home brand TV. And that's, that's what, I think that's what you got here with the dust vac. It's, it's like the fake model home version of this shit. And who knows if the beer tastes good? I will. My ass is going to be following this beer on Untapped like a goddamn hawk. Um, uh, it's not. It's not out there yet. The cyber beer. Um, so maybe is the Giga beer on here? Can we check that out? I don't know. But while you're looking that up, oh, I it can, is. The Giga beer is on here, Tony. 
And what do you think the rating is on the Giga Beer? All right, uh, quick Untrapped. I'm not pushing it down the well. You just have to play it. It bridges the gap between the Cybertruck and the 500-year-old beer brewing tradition, according to the German purity law. Limited edition Pilsner style brewed in Berlin with uh, exclusive cyber hops. Um, and it has 639 check-ins, 584 ratings, 5% alcohol. This can't be above 3.2, even with all the Elon stands. This sounds like a pretty average fucking beer to me. 3.2. Good enough. Yep, 3.26. Um, it really doesn't look bad coming out of the bottle. It looks like clear and fine. I don't know. Got the head on it. <laughs> Is um, that what we're qualifying as a good beer these days? Clear and fine. I don't, I don't, dude, wait, I, wait until this Buzzrock Hellas Bach comes out. I think this could be a fucking mess. True. 7% Hellas Lager. I mean, oh, they can Hellas Bach. Conditioning all this shit is not that easy. Colin Cowherd would not be associated with a substandard organization he would put tremendous effort into his beers and from everything he learnt um through his um workings with this company and and their their sort mm. of um quality control with him i'm sure they will produce phenomenal beer for elon who has never cut a corner who all he does is run outstanding businesses um, that are always full of substance Yep, this is this is fascinating stuff. Um, actually, it's not. It's stupid, but I don't know. We talked about it. It's it's good content, Tony. I I appreciate you know. Thank you to Tesla for the content. You know what? If you guys want to keep making weird beers, oh shit! I I skipped this. Um, the accompanying stainless steel cyber opener is already sold out at fifty bucks a pop. So if you wanted to buy all this stuff, under fifty bucks for the kit and the fifteen dollars shipping. And the opener, you're looking at 215 bucks for what is that? 40 ounces of beer and two glasses and a box. That's and a box. That's right. That's I mean, listen, that's half a Horace membership, and I'm not going to say every <laughs> Horace beer is great, but I get a lot of it. So, got that going for it. But I will say every Horace beer is better than this beer. Oh yeah, even the oh, bad yeah, ones probably. All right, Tony. This sounds fun. This is a fun story. This is a fun story. Is it? University of, Tul- University of Tulsa partners with Anheuser-Busch at October- and Tulsa Oktoberfest in an attempt to break the beer-tasting world record on Thursday. So if you're listening to this, get your ass to Tulsa uh, by 4 o'clock Central Time, and you can participate in that at 3.30. Bring your ID. So the current record... For the world's largest beer tasting is 1,243 people set in Barcelona uh, twenty last July, in fact, 2022. Um, so at the Chapman Commons on the campus of University of Tulsa, uh, they'll be doing a giant beer tasting. So they need to get more than 1,243 people. You have to taste three beers guided by a certified Cicerone to break the record. Yes. We're going to have a certified Cicerone there. I'm sure Tulsa has many certified Cicerones. It's a big city. Um, and you get in a, you're get you in a guided fucking tasting. Now, uh, 
you're friendly with the system. Yeah. If I were in college and were legal and in tw- 21 years old and I wasn't going to get reported by the university, um, I would absolutely do this. Yep. How many students go to Tulsa? Tulsa, uh, University of Tulsa, Tulsa uh, enrollment. Let's look. They have um, 4,682 students. That has a, okay, it looks like. Um, That's a small university. About 4,000 4, students. It's not a huge school. Um, so they're going to need about a quarter of their students to uh, cruise in here. And, um, well, here's the thing they're expecting 3,000 people. It's a private school, you got to remember, too. Yeah. They're expecting 3,000 people to show up for this tasting. I think this is optimistic. They're expecting 3,000, yeah. According to yeah, the I press release. I mean, here's the other thing. You don't have to be a student, I don't think. No. no. So, I mean, Tulsa has a – Tulsa is a pretty big city. Um, you're looking at four 400,000 people from t- in Tulsa. Um, they got the football game going on, right? So you're going to go to – you might be on your way to the football game. It is Division One football, so um, – who are they playing? They're playing uh, uh, Rice. Yep. So we got private school showdown, Tulsa and Rice. <laughs> all the all the you know all your geniuses are there. Um, you know, not bad. And you got a concert featuring the Eli Young band. Although it says Eli Young bang in the article, so <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's going to get after the beer Boom. tasting is the gang bang. I don't know. <laughs> right? Let's see. Uh, but all right. Listen again. If this were at U of I, first of all, we would destroy the record because 22,000 people would show up. And uh, second of all, uh, I would do it. It sounds great. wonder what beers yep. are going to be. That's what I'm curious about. Bud Light, Natty Light. What's the other one that they um, sell out Bush of there? Bush Light. Bush Light. I reckon that's what it's going to be. All right. Tony, I'd still do it <laughs> for the record. <laughs> You're going to give me 12 free ounces of... Bud Light, Natty Light, and Bush Light. I'm 21 years old. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Would you do it at your age right. now? This is the question. If you're living in I wouldn't in get in a car. No, I would, I would not get in a car to go do it. <laughs> but if I could walk down the street, eh, maybe. Be a part of a world record? That's kind of interesting. Fair enough. I don't know. Yeah. All right. One more. Tony, you know I had to get a right, right-wing beer-ish story in here and... Here I am. Uh, this is from the New York Post, and you know the New York Post is cool. Uh, this is Yingling, America's oldest brewery, wants its fair share of the Bud Light debacle. Uh, so, essentially, this article is about so Yingling has had a sales boost since the Bud Light thing. With we know we've talked about it a million times on here. The yep. whole thing with Bud Light. Uh, so their sales have jumped quite a bit. Um, their sales were up 80% in the four-week period. Ended uh, September 9th compared to last year. They're doing great. Their growth has slowed down. And guess who's out there bitching is Dick Yingling. The um, Speaking of an ultra-right-wing crew, the gang over at Yingling is the original ultra-right-wing beer. Uh, they... Um, they are pissed, and the angle they're going at is merchandising. They're, they feel like distributors 
and the stores are pushing their beer out um, and they're getting worked uh, outside the lines. I mean, within the law, but outside the lines, under the table, stuff like that by the distributors to uh, that Anheuser-Busch has been incentivizing quite a bit to maintain their shelf space, maintain their um, presence uh, with the confidence that they would, you know, likely be able to make up the gap that, they're seeing, which I still think they will eventually get close. Maybe not ever back to where they were, but we'll get back in the ballpark would be yeah. my estimation. Um, this, but Yingling uh, wants more shelf space, and they're getting they're getting squeezed. So they're they're, saying, they're getting their, they, they had that the PR agency on it is what I'm saying. This is yeah, yeah. This is like it's just fucking nonsense. If you're a well-run business organization, you wouldn't. Be, be under this pressure. But this is an organisation that has been lazy throughout its um, modern era and doesn't actually do anything that's original and just tries to piggyback off other people. Um, fuck them. Fuck Yingling. I do think... So I, I love stuff like this that has, like, 20 news stories that come out at once. Um because it's obvious PR agency placement. So yeah. obvious that some somebody got out there with a pitch, right, and pushed it to however many newspapers. Newspapers are always looking for stories but, and clicks and shit, and the, and the pitch hit. Yeah. I will say what you've got to look at, though, is are these all Rupert Murdoch-owned papers? Because I, while it was under the New York Post banner, the original link... I'm reading it under news.com.au now, and that could be a part of the aggregation problem. It may only be an article written by Lisa. Um, we got Yahoo. Yahoo Finance is in on it. I don't think Yahoo is wrapped up into Rupert Murdoch, is it yet? <laughs> um, but we do have a couple Fox yep. stations in the mix here. Um, here. See, there's some other ones here. Uh, American, oh, yeah, here's Fox News. See, here's Daily Mail, <laughs> Fox Business. Yeah, yep. So, yeah, they they they, they hit the angle that they want to hit. I yep. mean, I, I get what you're saying, but uh, yeah, so this is all shelf space argument. Uh, good luck. I mean, this is the um, if, if you uh, if you we have anyone out there that read Josh Knowles. Book. I think I recommended it years ago about the Goose Island um, acquisition, which I highly recommend. Barrel Aged Stout and Selling Out is the name of the book. Um, you'll hear a lot about the power of the Bud Light distributorship ecosystem. Yep. And good luck pushing. And I don't care what kind of struggles they're having. That is a that is as a close machine. as you can get to a to a a machine slash. Uh, uh, intimidation outfit slash um, a criminal outfit that operates somehow legally uh, as there is. I mean, it's it's well, crazy. They are a cartel. They have the power to do. Yeah, that is. I mean, it's literally a cartel. Yeah, that is by definition a cartel. It seems to be this reporter's um, barrow to push, though. So um, back in July on MSN, she wrote an article because she's freelance journalist, um, so she could have written all these articles. She was pushing about how four underdog breweries were um, taking market share 
off Bud Light. Did you want to know what those four breweries were? Let's hear them. Yingling, Coors, mm. Miller, mm. and this uh, new young upstart, Modelo. Oh, Modelo, yeah. Heard of them. <laughs> like, come yep. on, one is now the biggest seller in the country and was probably the biggest seller back yep. in fucking July. Yep. That's no, true. Yep. Uh, yes, Tony. So there you go. Yingling. Wants to uh, Yingling wants to go after these distributors. I wish them good luck, uh, and or maybe we'll see Dick Yingling with cement shoes at the bottom of the uh, Allegheny <laughs> River or some shit. You know, um, um, those cans, those Yingling cans, ugh, ugly. I I mean, what's better, the ugly Yingling can or the awful green bottle? You know, I've, I every time I drink Yingling, I get a fucking headache. So I haven't had it for years. And here's the thing. I actually like the photograph of the Yingling Brewery. Like, as a building, I don't know whether I can separate... It's a nice, the, nice looking place, yeah. Yeah. Separate the building from the people. It's tough. It is tough. It's, you know... It's like uh, separating a building from the people. That is a crazy thing to think about. But yes, yeah. Hey, it's a nice building. Don't blame the building. You know, that was the whole Simpsons bit about this. Don't blame the house. The house is good. Um, all right. That's good, Tony. All right, good news. Uh, that was a fun news segment. Let's move on. Tony, you're never going to believe this. Friday starts the Hallmark Channel's Countdown to Christmas. I can't believe it either. But in Which order to maintain the... What's that? Much later than I would have thought. Much later. But <laughs> uh, um, I, to main, to, in order to maintain the integrity of our uh, annual tradition uh, <sighs> to run down some of our favorite titles for Hallmark Christmas movies, uh, I had to plan for our game uh, for this week. So if you're excited for the Hallmark movies to start, they start Friday. I am. Um, and this, this this would be a great way to get your excitement up is we're going to play around of this or that. Hallmark movies or Christmas years. Plink, plunk, plink, plink, plunk, 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 This or that. That's fun. I mean, we'll see how hard this one this is this year. Well, I, that's what I was getting I'm wondering if... Because I think you're using yeah. some uh, AI intelligence. So I really mm-hmm. think you have a leg up from your old days where you used to get lazy halfway through the game. I, no, I didn't write. None of this is written by me. These are all real beers. Oh, that's right. Real beers and real Hallmark movies. I'm yep. not kidding. But We'll do a bit where I do it all over AI, but <laughs> this is all real beers and real Hallmark movies. And the reason I'm not sure how hard it's going to be this year is because... I don't. I think the writers might have gone on strike before they did the titles of some of these fucking movies because <laughs> some of these titles are True. really bad. <laughs> now I know I did look this up because we have the actors on strike still now. Yes, I'm like, are they going to fucking finish these movies? But Hallmark was on their shit, and they knew the strike was coming, and they filmed these movies in January, March, and um, January, <laughs> February, and March this year. Do you think that's Which why they film them then, or you, you just think they, were, they have to film that? No, they usually do film them. They usually do film them later. Oh. Um, 
I, I, I know this for a fact. How do you and know? I also know my, my friends, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm a plug in the industry. Um, but, Which actor uh, are you friendly no, with? No, the... Uh, Jim Caviezel? Um, uh, Lacey Chabert, famous <laughs> Hallmark movie actress. Yeah. He did in high school. It was cool. Nice, <laughs> nice girl. It was great. Um, you would have been a few years older than her, wouldn't you? Mm-mm. Okay. No. I, I, uh, she's got to be right around my age, whatever she is. I actually don't know how old she is. Oh, no, she, she is older than you, actually. Oh, is she? Okay. You're fine. I knew she was at least, no, she, I knew she wasn't younger than me. Um, yeah, she's a few years older than me. Come on. Um, <laughs> all right. Tony, here we go. The first one I got for you is called Tunnel of Trees. <laughs> Tunnel of Trees. Uh, Tunnel of Trees. Is it a delightful Hallmark movie or is it a beer I'm, that, uh, you know, some random brewery made? Only because you swayed me because you said you think these movies were titled after the writers went on strike. This seems like something an executive would name a movie um, and they just watched the opening scene and it was somebody driving and there was a tunnel of trees. So I'm going to go Hallmark movie. Oh, Tony, oh no, we're off to a tough start here. It is a beer. This is by True Brewing Company in Denver. It's an IPA brewed with Troubadour Serenade, hopped with Chinook, Centennial, and Citra. Interesting. It's, sounds nice. It's a it clear. Does. It's a nice, clear-looking West Coast IPA. Oh, West Coast, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, looks good. All right, zero for one. Plenty of time here. Let's move on to. Um, Oh, how about this one? This sounds nice. How about uh, Magic in Mistletoe? Hmm. This has to be a Hallmark movie. Like, come on. Yes, it could be a beer, but, like, Magic in Mistletoe? They've done Magic under the mistletoe. They've done Magic around the mistletoe. They've done Magic with the mistletoe. They had to do Magic in the mistletoe. So Hallmark... Put a stamp on it and Hallmark. send it. Tony, you got one. Yes. You're in you're in this one. This one is a Hallmark movie. It will air on Friday, December eighth. I'll be safely home from Australia, tucked into my cozy blankie, uh, with my big bear slippers on like Homer Simpson used to wear. And um I'll be watching uh Magic and Mistletoe. Uh, Harrington, and that's somebody's first name, is the author of a popular book series. But commercial success has left him a bitter recluse. So we're thinking like a J.D. Salinger type. Very much so. Hello here, right? As he returns to his home t- hometown for an annual Christmas festival celebrating his books, he's joined by April, a publicist for the major publishing house he works with. April is there for damage control after Harrington's recent comments on social media have ruffled some feathers. <laughs> she gets to know him better. Hope springs that April can unlock Harrington's guarded heart and help him rediscover the spirit of the, of the holiday. I, for some reason, I tend to believe that his uh, questionable comments on social media aren't like using hard R's or... Uh, <laughs> hard ends. <laughs> right, yeah. I hope it's not a hard end because the lady in this is Lindy Greenwood, who is a black lady, and uh, this stars Lindy Greenwood and Paul Campbell. So, 
Sounds like a delight. Uh, moving on. How about this one, Tony? This one's called Christmas on Cherry Lane. They all sound like Hallmark movies to me, but I could see this being some regional brewery somewhere having a street name that and then, yeah, naming a beer after it. So I'm going to say this is a beverage, a beer specifically. Honey, Christmas on Cherry Lane is a movie uh, uh, that will air, in fact, on December 9th, the next day, Tony. Um, a young couple preparing to welcome their first child, an empty nester and her fiancé ready to start a new chapter, and a couple who have unexpectedly who unexpectedly have the chance to expand their family on Christmas Eve, celebrate the holiday as they navigate these turning points in their lives. So hold on. A young couple preparing to welcome their first child. Okay, so we got a pregnant lady, an empty nester, and her fiance starting a new chapter. Fine. And a couple now this part three me. A couple who unexpectedly have the chance to expand the family on Christmas Eve. They're like, oh shit. Last minute surrogacy. We can fuck each other. Was no. that what that is? No, last minute surrogacy. Yeah. Oh, the the one that are expecting a baby, they want out. They're done. It took them nine months to realize they don't want a kid anymore. That's how I'm reading the story. Oh, see, I would. Oh, I, I unexpectedly have the chance to expand their family. I'm thinking like the vasectomy went wrong or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they're, right, well, they're, they're firing blanks, Alec Baldwin style. This one stars Catherine <laughs> Bell, Jonathan Bennett. Who's? Oh, come on, that was a good uh, line. That deserved a laugh. <laughs> It's not bad. Uh, and some other people, I have no idea who these people are. You know who are, Catherine so. Bell is, right? She was the first female right, lawyer in JAG. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know. Um, all right. Moving on. So you got one of, one of three so far. Let's see if you can get you back on the board here. This next one's called... Um, this next one's called Yukon Holiday. <laughs> They're not just making a. I know it's a Hallmark movie, but there's no way they just got that lazy. That's like a. It's. Does it have potato in the beer? It has to be a beer. Maybe it doesn't have potato. Maybe there's a Yukon hop. Got to be a beer. Can't be a movie. That's too beer lazy. Honey, it is a beer. You're right. Um, Yukon Holiday. I, I don't. Yukon is a place. Yes. Uh, you can go. It's a territory. So I think it's named. It's by Yukon Brewing, ah, which is um, in the in Whitehorse in the Yukon territory. So uh, this Kolsch has a lager-like effervescence aged to a crisp, cold taste. It's a Kolsch by Yukon Brewing in the Yukon. So you got that right. That is a beer. I should not have highlighted it red because you got it right. We're going to go back to black, get the bold on it. Perfect. All right. You're two for four, 50% so far. Next one I got for you is called. Next one I got for you is called Catch Me If You Claws. Catch Me If You Claws? <laughs> Catch Me If You're Freddy Krueger. That's what it's called. Catch Me If You Claws. This can't be a Hallmark <laughs> movie. This has got to be a beer. Like, catch me if you claws. Like, 
No, like, catch me if you Santa Claus a story about a man playing a mall Santa. No, they wouldn't pause. do that. No, this has got to be a beer. This makes no sense. Tony, this one's a movie. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe this was the title of <laughs> Catch Me a Few Claws. Not even a pun. It's nothing. No. It's just a fucking it doesn't it's nothing. I don't know about I don't know what this is. But uh, Avery Quinn is an aspiring news anchor who's finally getting her big break 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 on her station's Christmas morning new cat newscast. Yeah, lots of people love watching the fucking news on Christmas morning. My big break. <laughs> a lot of these seem but to focus around news anchors or and shit like that. It's almost like they recycle the sets. But that's when she... Sorry, but that's put in jeopardy when she captures an intruder in her home wearing a red suit, claiming to be Chris, Santa's son, who is on his first mission. A night of adventure ensues as they find themselves being pursued by the police as well as some shady characters. Along the way, they connect over living in the shadow of their parents and inspire each other to go after their dreams. And this stars Italia Ricci and Luke McFarlane. Catch Me If You Claws. And you can catch that on Thanksgiving evening, uh, I believe. Is that Thanksgiving? Thursday, November 23rd. Wow, I feel like we had to tell you Ricci in another Hallmark movie. I feel like she's becoming the modern. Um... A lot of, a lot of people do a lot of these. Um, they, they, you know, this is a this is a lifestyle, and I, I, res- I respect it. Um, it's you know what, it's good to have. Hey, it's a good a hustle guess. for an actor if you can get part of the Hallmark family. You can just reliably have a paycheck every year. Which, for a lot of actors, that's that's hard to come by. I mean, listen, if, if all she was in an episode of How I Met Your Mother, uh, and her role is just Hot Woman One, so I mean, that's got to be a nice. That's got to feel good. It does, but right? she was also in a, a film, American Pie Presents Beta House, a director video. <laughs> yeah. That's probably one of those. Yeah, you know, it's probably not good. All right, no, nope. oh. there's nobody the of note is starring in that. Other than Eugene Levy, and you know mm-hmm. Eugene will, will star in anything. Yeah, he was even in Shit's Creek. It's amazing. It's <laughs> uh, not fair. <laughs> all right, so that wasn't a beer. You got that one wrong. Uh, it's a, one of the worst titles I've ever heard, though. Uh, next one I got for you, Tony, is called Wonderment. Wonderment. Mint or like just the word wonder? Wonderment. 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 Like ah. Yeah. This has wow. got to be a beer. This is a lazy um, brewery that are just like, look at our beer in wonder. Wonderment. Ta-da. Mm-hmm. All right. He's going beer. And Tony, you're right. It is a beer. Uh, it's actually by Treehouse Brewing, funny yep, enough. lazy brewery. Uh, a juicy a Treehouse <laughs> double IPA. I mean, they make a lot of can hazy double IPA, so I don't totally disagree. Featuring Nelson, Galaxy, Strata, and Citra Hops. Sounds delicious. Pouring a glowing orange color in the glass. Notes of mango, mango pulp, peach nectar, and white wine. And so on. So, probably delicious. Almost definitely delicious. Has a crazy good rating. Um, all right. That one's good. Nice job, Tony. 
The next one is called Christmas Every Day. This has got to be a Hallmark movie. It's like Groundhog Day, but instead of Bill Murray, you've got um, Robbie Amell starring in it, and he has to get the Christmas presents right. That's that's my summation of the plot. Chelsea Grammer stars as Santa Claus, and has but he he can't remember, you know, if Little Billy was good or bad. So he has to get he has to get it right. And after his 87th try and several attempted suicides, he finally does. Now, did you hear uh, that no. they're rebooting Frasier, but only Kelsey uh, Grammer's I, coming I, back? And I've heard, it's, I've heard it's terrible. I've heard it's horrible. <laughs> of course. When you miss out the rest of the cast that were actually the funny part of it and people. just bring back Kelsey Grammer, for fuck's sake. Oh, Tony, here's the fact about Christmas every day is it's a beer. Not a movie. You were wrong. It's by Marston's Brewery uh, from Burton-on-Trent, Staffordshire, England. Uh, it is a session IPA, it says, and it has a horrible rating. So <laughs> there you go. It's got 1,200 check-ins, and it's got a 3.11 rating. So yummy. Uh, Christmas Every Day is a beer. Hi, right, Tony. It's a little harder for you than I thought. Right now, you have three of seven, so yeah, we need to get you on a run here. If you're gonna, you're not doing good. Um, your big Christmas bonus is slowly trickling away. Um, Who's it getting donated the next one to? I've got, it's getting donated to um, uh, the um, Santa's uh, reindeer orphanage, uh, where all the um, you know, he makes the reindeers fuck all day, pretty much, to keep their, like, of hormones course. all lit up, yep. I guess. And all you do is end up with all these reindeer babies. They're magical and shit, and they come out quick, but uh, they got to stick them somewhere. So Why do you think Rudolph Red was so red? Rudolph Red was so red. Rudolph's nose was Rudolph's so red. Nose, yeah. All the fucking it was red raw. Yeah. He's eating the booze like groceries. I don't know. <laughs> All right, <laughs> moving on. Next one I got for you is called the song lyric. You heard that? All right. Uh, uh, the next right one on. I got for you. This is called a Biltmore Christmas. Biltmore spelled B-I-L-T-M-O-R-E. Are you familiar with what the Biltmore is, Tony? No. It's a big house. It's a big fancy estate in. Um, uh, Asheville, North Carolina. So no beer place would have got the rights to do this. So therefore, I think this is a Hallmark movie. I reckon they would have tried to promote it through the use of the Hallmark channel. Yep, you're right. It's a movie. Tony nailed it. Uh, I did try to throw you just by putting something from Asheville in here where there's like 900 breweries. But... um. Yes, the uh, Lucy Hardgrove is a is a screenwriter who lands the job of a lifetime when she's hired to pen the script for a remake of the beloved holiday movie classic *His Merry Wife*, which was filmed in 1947 at the beautiful historic Biltmore House. When the head of the studio isn't satisfied with the ending Lucy wrote because it deviates from the original's feel-good conclusion. 
He sends Lucy to the Biltmore estate for research and inspiration. While there, she unwittingly discovers the ability to travel to the 1947 set of his merry wife through the help of an hourglass. Okay. Uh, while on set, she and Jack Houston, one of the film's stars, spend time together and become close, but her sudden disappearance has set off a chain of events that put the production in jeopardy before she can return to the present Lucy must make things right or threaten to alter the future forever. So we have, okay, so if you're, okay, this is going to be on Sunday, November 26th. So this is throwing a lot in here. I think they might have overcomplicated this Hallmark movie. You're some 80-year-old person who's going to watch this, and you're getting stuck in, like, some kind of butterfly effect, Inception. Oh, no, you're over there. like, this is moving part back to the future shit. Yeah, this is romantic back to the future. So instead of fucking his mum, okay. she's fucking some old dude. Oh, yeah. At least there's no incest. That we know of. That's we bad. don't, we can't say that for sure. We can't draw, I need to see the family tree. Um, all right, Tony gets that one right. Maybe he's back on track here. We got two left. Don't think so. Next one I got for you is called Santa's, Santa's bribe. Oh, it's a good name. This is one of the few good names. It's like, is, is this like a, oh, is this like an Inception, Tim Allen, Father Christmas thing? Or is this just a beer? Christopher, uh. Christopher Nolan directs a Hallmark movie. That's what we want to see. Or Darren Ar- We want to actually see like a Darren Aronofsky Hallmark movie. Or um, yeah. who's the German director? Requiem for a Dream, the Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> who's the German director? Um, Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. Yeah. We want to see, see a Werner Hallmark Herzog movie. Direct the Rudolph, <laughs> the red nosed reindeer. That would be dark, dark movie. Right. Uh, so I think this is a beer. I can see sort of the can and everything happening. Don't think it's a Ooh, good Tony. Beer. He's on track. He's got it. That's a beer. Ooh. That's by Coming Light. Taft Taft's Brewing Company. Taft's Brewing Company from Cincinnati, Ohio. It's not related to John um, Taffer. Yeah, didn't shorten up the brand. Taft. Oh. Got a, t- a T in there. Like the Winter president. Warmer Ale. Yep. Like, yep, that's right. Uh, William Howard Taft, and this may be—I believe this may—it it does have a picture of William Howard Taft on the beer. So I'm going to say this has something to do with nice. William Howard Taft, who I believe may have been from Cincinnati. Mm. Um, he was a Supreme Court uh, justice too, I believe. Do you ever shorten Anyways, his name to like Billy Taft? Because like we've got an Australian Prime Minister, I, who, you know what? Who is exclusively known yeah. as Billy Hughes? I bet he did. I'm sure people called him, you know, Bill. A hefty old dog. Yeah. That was a great Simpsons book. <laughs> Winter warmer ale brewed with cinnamon, ginger, and vanilla. I mean, sounds all right. The rating's not great, but I, I don't, I like winter warmer type beers. So this, that sounds fun to me. Um, all right. Last one. You are, you know what? You've already gotten to 50%. You're, you're, you've gotten five, right? How did that right? happen? I find my groove. You got Yukon Holiday right. You got Wonderment right. You got Santa's Bribe right. 
you got Biltmore Christmas right, and you got Magic and Mistletoe right. Wow. So you've got five. You've gotten four wrong. And here's the last one. A Heidelberg holiday. Ooh. Are we talking Heidelberg in Melbourne or Heidelberg in Germany? Probably Heidelberg in Germany. Doesn't really help me with beer or movie, but I think this is a I think this is a movie. I think Heidelberg's a generic enough place that it could have been filmed in the US though. Yep, lock it in. And Tony. Tony, you're getting your Christmas bonus for now this year. Because you got this one right. This is a Hallmark movie. It looks like it was filmed in Germany. There's there's castles that you would not see in the US and hills and stuff you would not see in the US, at least in the promo shot here. Um, Heidi Heidi Heidelberg receives the dream opportunity to sell her beautiful handmade glass ornaments at the prestigious Heidelberg Christmas Market in Germany. All there, she meets Lucas, a local artisan who helps her reconnect with her lost heritage. Now that sounds good. And I can't wait for it to come out on <laughs> Sunday, sure November can't. 12th. <laughs> Sunday, November 12th, when I'm disembarking my airplane, I'll be like, fuck. Hey, we have VPNs in Australia. VPN I have to baby. watch. I have to watch this movie. Um. All right, Tony, so there you go. A, a couple other highlights I wanted to throw out from the Hallmark movies this year before we go. Just some other very bad titles. Tony, this one's called Never Been Christ. <laughs> That's and terrible. Christ is spelled C-H-R-I-S apostrophe D. Uh, this is home, home for the Holidays. BFFs Naomi and Liz reconnect with high school crush Chris Silver. A complex love triangle forms, forcing them to take stock of their lives and find the value of friendship. That was a bad, pretty bad title. Um, and then, uh, oh yeah, there, one, one other one that I thought was very bad sounding is called Mystic Christmas, which is literally just Mystic Pizza, but Christmas. <laughs> and not having Julia Roberts in it. It's in Mystic, Connecticut, at the pizza shop, but Christmas. So, there you go. I hope you guys have fun with that. So, check out your Hallmark movies. Uh, it'll be great. Tony, nice job with the game. Why don't you tell people where they can find us? They can find us on Untapped. Griff AD, who checks in beers alone or by him lonesome. Um, I'm St. Moz on Untapped, where I put in more coherent uh, ratings into beers than I've spoken today for whatever reason. I've been tongue-tied today. So, that's not an issue of sound quality, just an issue of... Uh, the brain. Fine. <laughs> you can, listen to TAI. Those guys are those guys are all over the place. This is true. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Beer Engine Pod. You can send us a tip, ko-fi.com forward slash the Beer Engine Podcast. Or you can send us an email, beerengineshow at gmail.com. Booyah. Great job. Uh, all right, gang. We will be... Like, if you were going to mark me as if you were my boss, which you're not, you would say room for improvement, right? I'd be putting you on a pip. I'd have you on the performance <laughs> improvement plan. Uh, gang, professional opinion uh, or advice, if you ever get put on a pip, um, just Resign. start looking for another job. You're, <laughs> you're fucked. Yeah, you're fucked. Have you right, ever we been will, pipped? Uh, we will... 
I've never been pipped. Nope, never been pipped. Knock on wood. But there's always time, Tony. There's always time. There is. Uh, we'll be back next week with some more nonsense that you're all going to love. Uh, so long, my friends. Bye-bye. Oh, can I, I make a request? Oh. Can we yeah. get a fellow Australian traveller on the podcast before we leave? Is that possible? Uh, are you referring to uh, my housemate? Yes. My partner? Yes, of course we can. We will do that. Let's try that for one of the next couple of weeks. Cool. Yes. I'm excited to hear her thoughts on the upcoming trip. Great. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye.